You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, an actor is saying his lines, and then out of nowhere, he just starts singing. Five, six, seven, eight. Welcome to Guys Who Like Musicals. This is uh, a crazy week. Yeah. Um, good news first. Yes. Nick, Cord- Nick Cordero is awake. News. Right. Nick Cordero is awake. Um, he's still got a long road. He's still um, really, you know, he's responding to commands very um, sort of loosely from the doctors. If you are not following Amanda Klutz on Instagram, do it now. Um, but it has been a really uplifting week because he's responding. He is, I guess, I guess out of a coma. I mean, the, the medical terms, I don't know, but yeah, they took him off the medicine, uh, weeks, weeks ish ago. And now he's, they're just kind of, we're waiting for him to like kind of come to because he was in a medically induced. And so now they're, they've been waiting for him to come to. And now I think he's, he's at least responsive. Although yes. uh, that's all we have so far. Hopefully, there's more good news there. Yeah, but it's just it's been that that's been a bright light for everybody. Totally, totally in our community um, for sure. The bad news. Bad news is first part one. That is part bad one. News, first bad news. <laughs> right. No Broadway until at least September. Now bad news yes, part two is that Frozen is going to close. And Frozen is the first casualty of the coronavirus. And I think that we kind of unfortunately saw that this was going to happen. We've been seeing shows that have not opened, that we're going to open. You know, we talked to Caitlin Houlihan about, about that. We've, we've, yeah. we've been f- obviously following all of this. And, that, you know, I, I talked to, to Rachel Sussman about this as well, some of our past guests. But, but Frozen is the first show that... Uh, has basically fallen victim to the coronavirus. And we just found out about it. We're recording this Thursday night at 8 p.m. That came out this afternoon. Um, And what's crazy is, you know, talking to friends today, texting a lot, like they didn't know that their last performance was going to be their last performance. And I was texting with Bobby Creighton, who was one of our guests, and he was like, nobody wants this to be the way that it ends, you know, like three, I mean, they've been developing the show. I mean, Bobby's been on it for almost four years. I mean, these people who've been with the show for so long and, 
I mean, our 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 alumni mate, uh, Michigan graduate Mackenzie Kurtz, just made her Broadway debut as Anna. Like, she did like a month's Two worth weeks, of performances, yeah, maybe like you know, month, and maybe. yeah, basically a yeah. month. And and here we are. So I I just you know this is really some heavy news um, that just came out today. So we're kind of processing it. Yeah, you know, and and. It's just you don't even know what to say, right? Like, right. Because so, it's not going to be the last one, yeah. but yeah, it's so hard because I think that particularly that show is weird, um, for 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 you. I mean, you were there a month before this all happened. It's really wild. The timing is just like really wild. The timing is crazy, and I think what's I think what's really hard about it is like you see just these people that you you love so much who were expecting to you know expecting a job another job is gone and that's kind of the truest yeah. thing like like i feel right. kind of lucky that like i knew that my time at frozen was going to end and i i tried to save my ducats a little bit and move into unemployment all actors go through periods of unemployment and so i knew that this was going to happen for me a little bit so i was like okay here it comes but there's a lot of people as so many people in our in our, our country right now are struggling like you don't expect unemployment you know like you're not well, preparing what, for unemployment like and certainly. then it happens out of the blue and that's what's happening all over with you know i have all these cousins my cousins are getting laid off family members friends all these people are are, are losing their jobs all over and it's you know, it hit Broadway um, the week of March twelfth, but now it yeah. is really taking this lasting effect, and it's and what and what's really weird is is that you know we all got into this business understanding that what we were doing was risky, right? This right. is something else, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you this know, is, like yeah, we all like, assumed like a certain else. amount of risk, and then this is some kind of strange reality that everybody's in where yeah. even if you don't have a a career that's that's risky you're at risk and and it's hard it's, it's yeah. hard to even know what to say so crazy this week we are actually Wild. talking to one of the stage managers at Frozen now we joke that we're the last like you know month we've been a Broadway insider podcast and we brought you Corey Cott the week that uh, Bandstand came out right. and we brought you all this this stuff. We did not plan this. We never wanted to plan anything like this. We not talked yet. to Matt Lutz, who was one of the stage managers of Frozen two weeks ago, and we found out today that Frozen is closing and it is no longer going to be a Broadway show. And so, bear that in mind. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's just crazy. He talks about the way they handled the COVID crisis from the beginning, mm -hmm. the way that the information got brought down from the Jujamson organization and how remarkable everybody was and coordinating with the front of house and back of house and actors mm -hmm. and everybody. Mm -hmm. But then we just wanted to get into this stuff. All of you, we have so many people asking like, what is it like to be a stage manager? How do I get to be a stage manager? What is the stage manager's journey? And we wanted to bring that to you. And so this was, and is a how to become a Broadway stage manager. This is his story from, uh, you know, a young kid loving theater to high school theater competitions to college. Um, you know, going, he went to U of I, they have a great theater program and a great uh, stage management program. And, uh, and just how one becomes a Broadway stage manager. We were so stoked. I mean, I'm so sorry. It's taken us a year, but like we wanted to get you this interview. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and he has a lot of really good advice. You know, we really tried to break it down to cut away, uh, cut through some of the jargon and really make him define kind of like what the role is of the stage manager, how they work with actors, how crucial they are to every single piece of the puzzle and how really they're like the conductor of the visual aspects of a musical and also the music, but there's, they're working with the conductor to kind of literally orchestrate this entire event (laughs) from beginning to end, which is so awesome. And he talks about the rush of that and like what that means. He talks about working with actors and how he has to, he's literally part of the collaboration because if an actor plays a scene differently, he has to know how the cues will change based on that. All of that's really interesting stuff. It's it's yeah. totally one of those episodes for people who are kind of coming up in the business and, and not sure if they want to like, be on stage. But what the hell does a stage manager do? Yeah, that was or the other if you thing. Just want to know what the hell they do? Like, what are we talking about? And it's right. like, well, actually, you don't realize that at every corporate event you go to, every yeah. convention, every concert, every, every Broadway show, every award at, show, all, every award show, yep. like who's calling the shots? Right, and this is a remarkable conversation, I think, about the person who's calling the shots. And he even says, yeah. Matt, you know, one of Matt's big dreams is to to be the person calling the shots at something like the Tony Awards or something like the Grammys or something mm-hmm. like, you know, like these, there are people who are calling the shots in corporate events and, and big, mm-hmm. you know, bigger things even than Broadway. So anyway, it, it, it's a wonderful conversation. And, um, you know, we know that he's going to land on his feet and that the whole cast, you know, is as well. But God, this was an absolutely horrible day. And this is not the kind of insider information that we ever want to break. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, well, yeah, this was just kind of a very strange coincidence that we have totally. the opportunity to kind of frame with, like, here we are. What's up, yeah. everybody? <laughs> but, <laughs> right. you know, not to make light of, of, obviously not to make light of what's happening. Matt no. has had a lot of success in his career with his ability to network and he talks about kind of how to build connections with people in the business and hopefully that will lead him right into something else when this is all over. Um, we know he has a golf habit, so hopefully he's got some money saved that he's not using to play golf and he'll be okay just like everybody else. And, you know, it's crazy, I think, because we just happen to know so many people in that show. So many of my good friends are in that show. And, and as we spend more time in this business, it's just, it just impacts you more because it's like your, your family's kind of just being cut short and they never expected that. It's, it's really just a wild, wild day. It is. It is. Um, but, uh, with all that being said, thank you for bearing with us. Um, we're going to give you Matt Lutz. We're going to give you him from his cabin uh, in the woods yeah. where he's grown a remarkable beard. On a and lake. we're going to talk about what it's like to be a stage manager. Matt, thank you for for joining us from your your wilderness abode. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah just rubbing it in our faces slightly. Yeah, um, sorry, sorry, sorry. How sorry. long have you guys been up there? Uh, we've been up here about three weeks now. Uh, we were in Vermont before this, so we've been out of the city since uh, crazy seven weeks. March March seventeenth, yeah. we left the city, which is crazy. It's just crazy. It's crazy. And you are, we are, we're so grateful to you because you are our first stage manager. 
that we've had on our show. And, and but we've had a lot of people. Wow. Yes, a lot of people. So the anticipation yeah, is high. Hopefully don't I don't. Pins and needles all day, let me tell you. Hopefully it's better than my yeah. golf game. Well, what I was, I was going to do a disclaimer at the beginning and say, we're going to talk about the theater. We're going to talk about your life and stage management yeah. and, and uh, everything. And then we'll talk about golf for like the last probably 15 minutes. So probably. If, every, if, if everybody right. wants to listen up until we get to the golf section and then stop, that's fine. <laughs> but we'll, we'll save the golf section for the end. Yeah. Love it. I love it. Yeah. So when you guys were, um, you know, obviously we did, we did frozen together for a year and, uh, you guys were, you're, you you were in the middle of the Broadway shutdown. You were, you were, you know, management has to be the one to do so much and we'll get to all of it eventually. But I, w- I would love to know from your perspective, like, what were you guys hearing? What were you doing? You know, as all of this, this started to come down, uh, from, you know, both the city of New York and the Broadway community. You know, um, I was just thinking about this the other day, like how quick it happened because uh, Drew Jamson, which is the theater that, you know, is owned by the, the where the show is in the St. James, they did a really good job of maintaining how this was all going to happen. And for about a week or possibly two weeks, um, we had several company meetings to talk about how the house is being handling it, how we are handling it backstage. Um, so Disney and, and Drew Jamson worked really well together. And we started cutting things back from backstage tours, from um, actors going out to do to sign autographs. Um, mm. To at the same was time, this early March. This is early like March. Early March. Yeah, this yeah. is. Um, it was early March. It was probably the f- yeah early March. And you know the crazy thing was also is that we started doing Broadway Cares, and we are right. one week into Broadway Cares mm. and starting to collect. And you know, uh, and I give my I give all the props to Broadway cares as well, because, you know, at the same time as we were trying to tell actors and tell uh, the company that you can't have people backstage and no signing and, you know, just be safe. We're also asking to go out and collect money and to be around the public, which is very hard to um, understand that at the same time. So Broadway cares really stepped up and came into the theater with their own volunteers to collect for us, uh, which was only a couple of shows or yeah, it was only a couple of shows for us. Um, which is, you know, scary, but, you know, it really, you know, from the hand sanitizing to the, to the amount of how we, how the show and the company and Drew Jansen is all putting it all together really came down to a point of like really safe and talking through it. And, uh, Charlie Underhill, who was the PSM really worked well with, um, Brian Busby and the house manager and everybody else to kind of put everyone together. And to know that every all the information that we need need to know and the company needs to know was at firsthand. Like that was the one thing that everyone right. was talking about. And you know, it was crazy how it all came down. And just like the last, you know, that Thursday, I remember it. It was March. What was that Thursday? March twelfth. At this oh, point now, twelfth or something. Yeah, yeah. wow. March twelfth. Um, I was splitting rehearsal, and I was on the train at like two o'clock on the way down. And by by the time I was halfway down on the train, I got an email saying shows canceled, go home, do not even come in, think about coming in. So by the time I got in, um, just to help kind of clean up and check in with everybody, rehearsal was, all the actors were gone and people were starting to clean up. And we all thought it was a month. We all literally said, laughed and said, see you in a month. And here we are now, Yeah. you know, seven weeks later, still, still, still here, but seven, seven weeks later behind a computer. That's just 
crazy. Crazy. I mean, and, uh, but it just, it, it sounds like, you know, one of the things that I always, I'm shocked about with, with, you know, you guys, the stage manager's role on Broadway is so all encompassing. It's mm-hmm. like, it's truly part director, part technician, part therapist, part like, you know, the part, le- you know, obviously leader. And there's a million parts of this, but like when something goes wrong, you guys are the first line of defense. Correct. You know, if there's anything that happens backstage, but this was something that was happening in the community. It was happening in New York city. And I just, I, I'm so, I'm honestly glad that I, I wasn't in the city. I'm glad I wasn't there, but I know that with you guys at the helm, you handled it as well as any team could have handled it. I'm yeah. sure. Cause cool. you guys, you guys are amazing. So, well, thanks. And again, I mean, it, it all goes down to house management and then Michael Bolgar, who's our company manager at Disney for frozen and Disney itself. I mean, really, you know, stepped it up and, you know, thank goodness for the Broadway community to come together and say like, this is a thing we need to stop and let's all take a breath. And it was, you know, it's pretty interesting how the theater community came down because here we are on Broadway and we are shutting down, but you know, I, we all have friends on off Broadway shows. We all have friends on off off Broadway shows and you know, how many days did they continue to continue performing and rehearsing? And it, you know, it was crazy just the magnitude of what this is. And, you know, so I do, again, I give props to, you know, company management and Disney and, St. James and, you know, and, and us as a team to come together to make it all, you know, make sure everybody is safe. It's crazy. Yeah. No one knew. As the, as the information was changing so yeah. rapidly and, you know, you know, trying to get that and facilitate that to, you know, I mean, there's gotta be 150 people that work in the St. James itself. Yeah. If that, you know, yeah. Or something like, you know, it's just crazy. I can't even it's imagine. Wild. Like, and I'm just so glad it, it, you know, I'm glad we caught it on the front end. I'm just glad that mm-hmm. everyone is safe and we caught it on the front end because, you know, this could have turned out to be a lot worse, you know, 1700 people in the seats and then the 150, 175 people that work backstage in the front of house, you know, if, if one person that really caught it that was in the building, you know, forget it. It sounds like if one person yeah. catches it, it's all, all the rest of us are going down. So. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Well, and, and this, as you now you've, this is, we'll kind of work backwards because, yeah. you know, starting with Frozen and, and you've been a part of the Disney community for a while. You've been on Frozen for o- over three years now. Yeah. About, I started, I was uh, one of the stage managers originally on the first reading of Frozen. And that was in mm. May of 2016. Yeah. So, before that, it, you were you were it was Aladdin for a while. So you've been in yep. the Disney the organization for quite a while. Yeah, quite a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, What's I unique would, about that? I mean, what is what did you would you say? Is there anything particularly unique to the the Disney community as opposed to other Broadway shows? Yeah, you know the the unique thing that I find with Disney is that it's a it's a it's a well one it's a corporation. You know, we it's different yeah. than any other Broadway show that you ever work on. It's a corporation, and you know there's money behind it. Um, there's never a doubt really when you take a show out of town or when they're really starting to produce it, that there is going to be a time that they're going to stop it. You know, that the job is at least going to happen. And you look at, you know, all some of the Disney flops, as we like to say it in quotes, you know, a Disney flop is at least a year, you know, little mermaid and Tarzan still lasted a year. It's not that they lasted, you know, months. So, you know, there's that behind it. Um, and you know, there's the, the, fun part is that Mickey Mouse is on the, on the paycheck, you know, you could say <laughs> Mickey yeah. Mouse is your boss, but I think there's, there's a world of, you know, there's the world of trying to do a big Broadway musical for a Disney things are going to get done and money's going to be behind it. And you could see the money on stage. You could see the spectacle on stage because they have the money where you go to see some other Broadway musicals that, you know, don't really have the money and 
they do a different part of storytelling because they don't have the effects or the 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 set behind it or the lighting behind it or whatever they can to spend the money on it. So um, it is big. I think it's one of the biggest things I've ever worked on and will hopefully continue to work on after all this. Um, and it's yeah. pretty crazy to know like that the that the money is there and th- and you know I give all the props to Tom Schumacher and Ann Court for. You know, they the when they want a product and they put it on stage, they make sure they know what the product is. As you know, you know, you look at Lion King and look totally. at where Lion King is still now to this day, and and so it's good. I mean, there's it's I I keep on saying to myself that I I would really like to work on a a non Disney musical at some point again, just because yeah. yeah to see the like real tiny, yes like you know <laughs> yes <laughs> something with no budget <laughs> and be like oh. Do you find that there are things do you find that there are things about your job that are easier because they have the budget like is that a is that a thing on a day-to-day basis as a stage manager that like your yes, job could be a lot 100%. Harder? I How mean the, the really good example for that is Tuesday rehearsals or rehearsals after the day off because that's payment as you know to to us no questions asked. If we need to do it, go ahead and schedule and just make it done. Now run it by the company manager, but at some point I mean, they might they might get to a point where they say no, but majority of the time, it's like if you need to get it done, get it done. Um, it, you know, stuff that we need to buy for the show, if we need to buy, you know, anything, paper or you know, any supplies that we need to run the building, go ahead and buy it. You know, there's no really questions asked about spending the money, which is a really good uh, way and a good feeling to to do a Broadway show, to be a stage manager. Cause then, yeah. then it's yeah. just makes your job easier. Then you're out to do the job that you need to do of calling the show or making, making sure the show is in fine shape, how the director wants it and making sure all the actors are safe and making, making sure that it's, you have, you can do your job that you want, that you don't have to worry about the other stuff that really bogs down a show, you know? And it's, you know, I, I'm sure there's a time when, when all that comes down, but you know, hopefully in, in the future that does, that doesn't happen anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. And as you, so now as, as you know, the Broadway, the jump that I would love to get to eventually when you went from loving theater, you know, in high school and college uh-huh. and coming to the professional world, the professional stage manager is such a unique r- role. And I wonder like what the transition was like for you into, you know, the role of like, you know, teaching actors blocking and the mm-hmm. role of, of, you know, running a show after a director leaves and th- things that mm-hmm. I'm sure you weren't doing in college and weren't doing in, you know, high school, you know, depending on, on all that. So what was that transition like coming, coming to the big leagues? You know, that that's a really good question. You know, I keep on, there was a, I keep on saying to myself, there's a, there's a stage manager I worked with in, um, on Aladdin. His name is Jason Trubit. He's one of my mentors at this point. And we were walking down 8th Avenue one day and I was trying to, and it was early on in the Aladdin time and just starting my Broadway career. And, and I was talking about how I want to, I, I, I don't want to do this rehearsal, but I should do it. Or I want to do this event, but I can't do it. And I was just saying like, I can't do it because I'm not, I'm not good enough or I'm not strong enough, or maybe they want a different stage manager. And he literally stopped me on the street and said, Matt, you're a Broadway stage manager now. Shut up and just do it. You're already here. So why not? Um, which is like a yeah. huge, like, it's a click. Like you, you could be, you could be doing off Broadway and then you, or you could be doing regional, you could be doing cruise ships, whatever you want to do. And then you get to the Broadway level and it instantly, something instantly clicks. And what, to me, what clicked is that not only are you now maintaining the show for the director and maintaining the show for the producer and, you know, you're up at a bigger game and, you know, now you're trying to make sure that you have this big multi-million dollar musical basically in your hands and you need to make sure it works. But also the fact of like, 
the respect and the fact of um, being able to work with professionals that all want to do it all the all the same time and the correct way and enjoy it and love it just as much as you do, if not more. Yeah. Because there's a there's a world where, you know, when somebody enjoys it, working with actors that enjoy doing their job, it makes our job a lot easier. Um, it it yeah. makes it makes the us as working with the company managers, us with working with front of house, working with uh, the crew, working with the orchestra, working however we want to work. You know, the, we're all out to do the same goal. And we all know that this is a long running show and can be a long running show. And we all hope that we're on Broadway musicals that are run, long running shows, where if you work in something that's college or, or high school or, or regional theater, that you know there's an end date, you know, there could be a la- there, there could be some laziness to it, towards it, towards the end. Um, but here it's, you know, there's so, there's so magic about it. And we always want to do it to, um, be the, do the same product every night. And everybody's very humble about it. I still remember these days when I ask you or I ask Patty or Casey or, you know, anyone that to come down and, you know, meet somebody that, you know, is that loves Broadway, who's a young, young, um, person who wants to meet a Broadway actor or sign something for Broadway cares and how humble you guys are just to say, yes, I'm happy to do it. And I would love to do it. And there's just, there's a magic behind it. You know, it's just yeah. working with um, professionals like you that just make it very humble. And, and then, you know, what's really exciting for me as a stage manager is that, you know, f- for frozen currently, we, we, cause there's four stage managers. We each rotate. Uh, we try and do so, one of the tests every other night or something. So um yeah, we'll this either is one call. of my questions. I like this. Yeah, so, you, so take it. So, take take me around the around the room. Yeah, yeah. Of take course. me around backstage. So, you know, there's four of us, so um, it only really takes three to run a show. But because it's Disney and because it's so large, we the PSM usually is in the office for six out of the eight shows, and Charlie would call two shows, and then the rest of us would either call. We would call two shows, and then we would run the deck either right or left. Okay. Yeah. When yeah. you say right. call, when you right, say call, so when say what call, does that mean? You say no. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> response <laughs> four four um we're already there should we already get there um no yeah. uh, uh so calling the show is basically if you as an audience member go and sit in the seat you watch the show and you and the music starts and the lights change and a, the curtain goes up and the show starts the calling stage manager is the person that put all that in motion and makes it all happen until the actors come out and sing and dance and do their bits. And then if we change, and then if we had to change the next to the next scene or make an effect happen, we as a stage manager tell other human beings to make that happen musically with the conductor and how it's timed, how the director wants it to be done every single night. So we are watching, we are following the, the script of the music of the musical in our, with our book. And we are watching, we have, at Frozen, we have a huge color monitor in front of us, a huge infrared monitor in front of us, and we have a bunch of little monitors that are side views, camera shots, and the conductor. And we are basically saying go to a lightboard operator or automation folks to make uh, the show happen, but also basically change the scenery. Um, the other effect that we would do as the calling stage manager, as some audience members would know, is if we ever have to stop the show or if, uh, if we have to do a live announcement before the show, we are the ones, if you hear a voice come over and say, ladies and gentlemen, the, the role of such and such will be played by such and such and the orchestra, or if we have to stop the show, that is the calling stage manager making that all happen. Um, so we are the commander of the ship. We are the, the person that is making, um, that makes sure everybody is safe and making sure the show 
is exactly the same how the director and the producer wanted uh, how they put it together from opening night. That's that's that's. I hope that makes eloquent. sense. You're like yeah, the puppeteer. Okay. Yeah, maybe yeah, you're, you're like the puppeteer, and also like the yeah, you know, you're making, making sure it's so cool because and, you listen to it over the headphones. That like you're you're in the office, and you hear like from back to you hear you know, and I'd almost want you to just do it for for the listeners. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> like house to half, you know, house to half, house out, or you know, lights one go, yeah, and it right. just starts, it just and then like you know, it happens. There's it frozen not, starts. There's nothing like a big you know? rush so much in my life that I'm like. You know, you're up there and you're waiting to start the show, and then you you start you start saying those first couple cues, and the show starts, and you're like, "Holy hell! I have this musical in my hands, and I'm gonna have the, an awesome ride for the next two and a half hours." And you get to work with so you know sick. the fun thing as a stage manager, as a calling stage manager, you get to work with you guys as well. You know, you you as actors change your change your shit every night. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> not every line is said the same way. Not every song is sung the same way. Not every choreography is the same. So we have to adjust just as we have to get to work with you guys and, and do that and be able to mm. put the show together, how you, how we all work together. And hopefully no one, you know, the good part is that everyone gets to go home at this at every night. That's the goal. So we come in, we do our job and we get to go home every night. And no matter how we laugh or, or cry or whatever throughout that process is the goal. But you know, there's, there's moments where you just are, you know, you're calling cues and actors are doing something different or somebody's in a different way and you just have to call it differently. And it's just, it's so much fun. And I, you know, when calling this show, I look at it as you have to, it's like rubbing your stomach and patting your head <laughs> and tapping your foot right. all in three <laughs> different beats. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, a like, drummer. it's like, it's yeah. like Joe could do it's, that. It's a wild yeah. no, But ride, not even man. like a drummer, like one of those, one of those, like those circus guys where there's like, there's the, there's the symbols <laughs> and then there's the tuba, like, you know, like, like a Dr. Seuss character or yeah. something, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, and listen, I mean, not everyone could do it. I'm fortunate that one of them I, I can and it's awesome. And I love doing it. And it's, it's, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And then, you know, we, and then as the deck stage managers, you just get to, you get to be on the deck with the actors and you just are calling clears with um, the calling stage manager so they can move scenery that needs to be moved. And you're watching your eyes and ears for all the actors just to make sure everybody is safe and making sure that um, the show is being what it is on the deck. And in case if there's an emergency, you're there to, to help handle it. Yeah. Um, there's one on stage left, one on stage right. Yep. And that's that's pretty consistent. It's like consistent. you know, even in the, even in smaller shows, mm -hmm. you know, that uh, calling stage manager one on stage left, one on stage right, you know, always making sure that everything mm -hmm. goes good. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and we have a great time. And we're there with the crew. Typically, we're there about an hour and a half before the show even starts, just so that we're there if anything goes wrong, if the scenery stops, or if an uh, actor decides to call out late, we have to make that adjustment. And if uh, if we don't have enough actors and or swings to cover the show. We have, we have to make the cut show with the dance captains. You know, we're the, you know, we're just there to make, to troubleshoot every, anything we can just to make sure so happens. Or if like yeah. one actor's an idiot and has their own costume or, on, which or I've if never one actor done in my still life. On the, or if one actor is still on the golf course and should actually be on stage. <laughs> I, I, I don't have any memories of that, but you know, <laughs> I've never actually been on the golf course when I'm supposed or to maybe be in, in the, a show. Or maybe he's obviously been the on the back. way back. You know, it's fine. It's fine. Get that no, fifteen minute grace period. It's fine. So yeah. Um, I thought what was really interesting. Sorry, Joe. What I thought was really interesting about what you said there is that you have to because I, you know, I guess I hadn't really thought about that in depth, like the collaboration between your cue calling 
and the oh, way yeah. that the actors are playing the scenes because I'm a huge fan of an actor like making different choices about how the scene plays every night, but there is a huge thing in that collaboration mm-hmm. because you have to be on the same page too. And sometimes, you know, that doesn't totally work out. Do you have any stories of like changes that have happened in a show that like really almost threw you or have you ever like caught any mistakes and like kind of stopped something that could have been really bad or Yeah, I mean like there's that? Yeah. That you can tell us, you know, I'm sure. I mean, <laughs> Some listen, of these things yeah, there's you might not want to tell say, us. But... You know, it's you know, you're flipping switches to make sure things go because that's how we communicate with the automation automation guys. But the 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 scary thing is that you just, you know, you're flipping a switch and you're making sure you as the actor are safe and in the right place because really you can hurt somebody. If you open a floor or you bring a piece of scenery in, if people aren't watching, you know, we've been, you know, it's the funny, I keep on saying that we're monkeys at this point, you know, once you are, you're in, you know, you just have to do the same job every day. You have to do the same show. And you know, it's, I say that, but I don't act, I don't treat it that way when I'm there. But it's one of those things where you just are feeling like you, mm-hmm. you know, at 7.05, I know where I am, what, what, what's happening during the show at 7.05 or right when we start the show or 10 minutes into the show, we know what's happening. And if it's not happening, that, that's when the problem is. And that's when you have to figure out what the next right. step is. But um, the, the, um, Dan, say your question again. I lost it. No, I was just looking for like a something hap- that happened that you a, may have a oh, fun anecdote yeah, because fun there's been a million anecdote. times like even when we yeah. were do- you know when we were doing it like you know the show I mean there are so many the, 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 the panels with the ice spikes you know didn't close yes. and there's like scary yes. things that have happened yeah, obviously there's... but like is there anything fun where like somebody's messed up on stage mm-hmm. and then you know well the funny yeah. thing is with when uh, as a stage manager and being with them for so long is that you don't even have to listen to it anymore. And when an actor says the line wrong or sings the word wrong or says something funny or does something weird, it triggers yeah. my ears at that point, as I'm sure it does your, yeah. your ears, but just, you know, differently. Right. But, um, uh, I like even with let it go. I don't even listen to let it go anymore. I can't even hear let it go anymore. <laughs> I, I have family members that sing let it go to me or like anytime they hear I'm on frozen, it's all they want to sing. And I'm like, can you just one, I say, can you just shut up? Cause I hear that eight times a week, but two, like I don't even hear it anymore. But, you know, there's not, I, I don't, there's not really at Frozen, there's not really like a, a scary or like a, a, a moment that I remember, you know, there are slots that, you know, we do have holes in the floor that don't open. And the good thing is we have actors that are well prepared, prepared and know how to do it and are always constantly looking for it. And we're human beings at that point. So when you're off, when you're off stage as a stage manager, you step up and you start screaming on stage, even during a musical. And you just keep on screaming at the actors to keep looking. I'm, I'm sure we've talked to you guys multiple times on stage, you know, just because we, the, the big thing is the safety thing. And, you know, the fun part about uh, as a stage manager, when shit really goes wrong is, you know, when it happens, because then you have to think on your feet and figure out what is the next step. The PSM will step in, the production stage manager will you'll typically step in and say like, we're going to stop the show. We're not going to stop the show or we're going to keep going. But, you know, at Frozen, we always had that, um, Beach flipper. I'm not sure how many times it didn't work when you were there, Joe. But <laughs> yeah, that beach flipper right before, right before in summer, before <laughs> yeah. Olaf comes out and sings. Yeah, yeah, it was like the oldest theatrical trick in the book. It's literally oldest. just a piece of pl- plywood that folds up and folds back down, and he sings or she sings in yeah. Ryan Redman's case uh-huh. in summer. 
It's not complicated. It's not we complicated. Got, there's ice spikes. <laughs> there's there's all of this stuff happening in the show. Yeah. And the one thing that would break every other night, not every other night, but at least at least four yeah. or five times while I was there, we stopped the show because the friggin' in summer yeah. flipper wouldn't go down. And the worst part about it is that it was downstage of the drop. So you can't typically bring in a drop. So now the crew guys are out there all working on it with 1,700 people watching you. And it's just, yeah. it's just a mess. <laughs> um, but, you know, as the stage manager, you just want to make sure that you – you know, once, once you stop and the, and the crew's doing it, you kind of, it's just, you're a sitting duck until it's done. And you're kind of figuring out with the actors and the, with the conductor, what, yeah. where are you going to start and pick it up? But, um, I constantly remember that, you know, when the beach flipper and, and then as the calling stage manager, you just had to step up and figure out what to say on the God mic and how to say it appropriately. And to yeah. know that people are going to stop. But the fun thing is what we, as we, you know, know in this business is that the audience really loves when the show stops which is really they unfortunate. Do, yeah. Really, really unfortunate. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah. they're a part of it. I mean, they're like, yeah, hey, look at this thing. I was at Frozen tonight and this thing broke. Un- <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, this isn't a movie. It's a live this is thing. A thing. We yeah. had like a live and it makes we had a, every, you one know, thing over at Aladdin. You know, we had the magic carpet. I'm not sure if you guys ever saw it, but one of the most beautiful pieces of scenery I have ever seen in my entire lifetime. That carpet, the way it flew, unbelievable. And when I got to watch it, eight times a week i still i'm sure if i went backstage now and watched it from where you watch it on one of the sides i would i I had a tear in my eye probably once a week just to be like this thing is beautiful i don't you know the audience doesn't know how do we do it and it's so believable and it's so magical and at one point when aladdin jumped onto the carpet was was supposed to jump on the carpet he jumped on it and i believe we're in toronto so we're still out of town at this point he jumped on the carpet and um, the carpet is in it. I can't tell you how it's done, but the carpet is floating. <laughs> Disney magic. It's flying, and um, it somehow it, it somehow the deck got caught, and uh, of this of the stage, and we had to stop the show because it got it ripped up some of the deck. So we stopped the show, brought in the curtain, whatever. We were fixing it, and all you heard from behind the curtain as the audience was waiting, all you heard was was hammering and sawing and and screwing down into the screws and like really loud construction noises behind the curtain. And this went on probably for like, I, it probably felt like 20 minutes, but it probably only was like seven, but it felt like really long, really, you know, just loud. And then if you guys know Aladdin, we were like, well, we were trying to figure out how to pick it up. And this is, you know, you always want to pick it up so that you never, the audience doesn't miss a story. And so we get it all fixed and we know that it's, everything is good to go and we can make it happen. So we get Aladdin and Jasmine out there. We fly out the curtain. And the first thing Aladdin says as he's up on the carpet is his true line in the show is, do you trust me? And he says it to Jasmine. And I swear <laughs> the audience went wild for probably 25 minutes just because they, all they heard was construction noises. And now we have um, an actor saying, do you trust me to get on the next prop? Which is pretty, pretty wild to me. But, you know, what can you do? You can, you can win some or lose some. But at least they got to see the carpet fly. I just love that. <laughs> That's awesome that is a story. Awesome. That gave me chills. I don't know why. Something about like the the deeper meaning yeah. of what totally. was going on. Um, I want to make sure that we um uh and Dan, I'll just I'm gonna edit this little part because we'll we'll Matt, we'll call you. We're running. We got ten minutes left on this call, and then we're we're just gonna grab another Zoom and call you right back. You guys could do um, the free Zoom. I love it. Yeah, we're just trying to do the free thing. But um, I want to get into college and high school and little little Matt. Um, <laughs> when did when did you when did you get the bug and and what was school like and when did when did you decide that you wanted to be a stage manager? Man, good question. So I got the bug in high school. I was um, I went to a, a, luckily I, I grew up in Chicago outside of Chicago, Illinois, 
And I went to a high school where I had a high school teacher that really loved doing theater and um, was always trying to be a high school, uh, you know, a Chicago actor and, you know, became an English teacher. And he had a really good theater program. It wasn't a, a, a art school at all in high school, but it was, you know, just a really good theater program. And I did marching band. I did choir. I did regular band. I did it all. But I really just loved theater. And I was an actor for a while and trying to do it. And, you know, he got me into stage managing probably my sophomore year or junior year. And I just hit the bug. And um, I, I, by senior year, I wanted the stage manage every show. And he said no. And in Illinois, they have, in Illinois, they have a thing called <laughs> Illinois Theater High School Festival, um, which is like all the high schools all over the state go down to either U of I, University of Illinois, or the Illinois State every other year. And they do this big festival of all the high schools. And within there, they do a big theater festival show. So kids from all over the state can audition or an interview to be on the crew or whatever. And I auditioned, uh, I interviewed for my junior year and I was selected as a assistant stage manager. And then I selected, uh, interviewed again for my senior year and of high school. And I was, uh, I was granted the PSN position, which is like pretty wild to me um, to do all that in high school. And so um, I caught the bug and I went to University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign and I went down there for theater and my dad um, loved it. My dad was all for it. He was happy about it. He was like, Yahoo. And my mom still to this day says, what the hell do you do? What supports yeah, me and loves me? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell do you do? Yeah. yeah. Um, I love it. But, you know, she gets it. She understands it. She sees the Frozen commercial on, in Chicago and she's like, you're coming. I'm like, no, I'm still, I'm still in New York. Um, Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> God bless her. Um, but I it's good. That. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to college, um, did it for four years, got a BFA in stage management, got a degree in it. And, you know, I, the thing about U of I, I was very lucky. We got to be able to do theater, dance and opera. And I count my blessings every day for going there. Um, I came out knowing exactly what I wanted to do and how to do it. And from there, you know, I, I luckily got my equity card right out of college. Um, was offered a position at the North Carolina Shakespeare Festival, which sadly no longer um, is in existence, but um, was offered my card there. And then from from there, I just did a lot of regional work before I came up to New York. And, you know, I dabbled in a lot of things before I came to <clears throat> uh, to becoming a Broadway stage manager. I did a lot of um, regional theater in Chicago and kind of around the country. I worked at Cape May Stage, which is a little theater down in Cape May, New Jersey for about a year. And then I got on a cruise ship for a little bit. Um, wasn't my thing, did not enjoy it, but um, I did it. Um, and then just started working hard in New York. And, um, you know, still to this day, I still laugh about it. Did you come it. up to New York with nothing? Did you come up to New York no. like with just like, okay, now it's time to try New York and, and try the try to break into that scene? No, I wish though, to tell you the truth. I really do. When I came up, I was in, I was living in Cape May, New Jersey, and I was dating a girl at the time and she at the end of the contract was December 31st and she wanted to move to New York. So I said, okay, let's move to New York. And at the time I had money in my pocket. Uh, we had a place to live and I actually had a job before I got to New York and I nice. worked for um, theater works USA, that small children's theater touring company. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. you know, again, it was the un, you know, how, that's, unreal how do you have how do you come to new york as a as a theater artist and have a money in your pocket and a place to live and a job yeah. to come to new york with you know yeah. and you know count exactly. my blessings and knock on wood that you still yeah. i still have that but you know I, I laugh to this day i don't i don't you know if broadway doesn't come back or if you know 
this shit goes on for another <laughs> another years. I don't know what the hell I'm going to be doing, but um, we'll figure it out. You know, it's, that's what no. it is. And totally. And you could tell your mom, you're like, tell your mom, I, I figured it out. Yeah. Know, I figured it out, mom. <laughs> I moved to New York with a job. I got a job. I got money. I had a girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Well, and one thing that I think people don't really realize, and I think that it would be beneficial, frankly, for Broadway artists. And I know that we would never do this as actors, but I think it, that we all should. Um, there is a hierarchy to becoming a Broadway stage manager. You can't just roll into town and be like, I'm a PSM now. Totally. You know, you have to start. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if you could talk about that journey a little bit, because yeah. I know a lot of people coming out of college mm-hmm. um, would be interested. Or, yeah. You know, in high school, people wanting to be stage managers. You know, I don't know if you know this story, but um, the person, so when I got to New York, I worked on, as I said, the Theater Works USA show, and it was a touring show. And my director, funny enough, was Kevin DeAgola. Yeah, I was going to say, he, yeah, yeah, who is now currently Oaken and Frozen. I mean, that's yeah. the small world of this business. That's um, good. Kevin has written written f- uh, many shows for Theater Works and also directed a bunch of shows, um, children's shows, young, you know, shows for young people. Um, and we talked about that when we interviewed Ke- we interviewed Kevin and Bobby. Um, and we talked to him a, a bit about uh, the theater works relationship. That's crazy though. Yeah. So he was the director. And, he was my and director. Was and, um, when I was on the road and when we were coming down, I just said, you know, Kevin, I, I would love to work with you again. Or if you know anybody, you know, I'm a really good networker as a stage manager. I know how to network and I know how to play the game as you have, you know, I, it's a one skill that I think you have to do in this business is you have to network. I'm sure you guys as actors network as well, but yeah. uh-huh. you constantly, know, differently, yeah. but we, mm-hmm. it is a constant thing that we're constantly networking. And so it's I wrote, the worst. it's the worst, <laughs> but you know, we say it and then, yeah, it's the worst. Anyway. Um, so I wrote to Kevin, I think, and said, you know, I'm coming back to New York after coming off this road and coming off the road and how can, you know, help, help me any way you can. And I think he was doing Peter and the Starcatcher at the time. I think that's when he was doing Nice. And his PSM was Clifford Schwartz and Clifford Schwartz, who's now my mentor. And, you know, the guy that I look up to about everything. He is the like the production supervisor of Disney Theatrical. And um, I met him and the first, he looked at my resume. He called, I asked for a coffee and we had coffee and he looked at my resume and he said, listen, you have really great um, credits. You have really great re- regional credits and now you moved to New York. And he said, the first thing he said to me is go out and get New York City credits. I don't care what you do regionally. I'm so proud of you that you have the work. But what the work that you do as a stage manager inside New York City is completely different than how you do it regionally. And I thought that was, I mean, you know, you could take that many ways. And I thought that was a really good advice for me to go out there and get to work in New York because you got to grind. You know, you got, we grind every day. We get on the subway, takes an hour to get to work. We do the job and then you go out for drinks or you don't, you, or you strike the set if you're working on off, off, off Broadway theater and you do all this stuff and you get on the subway and you go back home and you wake up and you do it all again. And you're working on four projects at once as trying to, you know, pay the bills and so he said, you know, do that. And, you know, I kept on being networking with the guy. And um, luckily, my resume passed his desk to be um, when they were doing Aladdin. I had no idea that they were doing Aladdin. And, you know, this is how my career is, that I was basically handed the golden platter, which I, you know, I'm very fortunate, very lucky. Um, when I was, when I sent my resume to Disney, not knowing what they were doing, they were doing Aladdin. They called me in and I was actually hired as a production assistant for them which production assistants, as I'm sure a lot of people know, are like, the, they're not free labor, but it's, la- it's stage management labor that's not, that is paid, but not equity right. stage manager. 
Thank you for listening to our show. As always, you can check us out on Instagram at Guys Who Like Musicals or on Twitter at Musical Guys. And we just started a Patreon page, which is the best way for you to support our show. If you love our show, check it out. There's tons of cool opportunities for listeners on there. So check it out. Thank you so much. Love you. So I was, I was hired as a production assistant and, um, which was great, a great experience, got to work with the team. And at the time there was four on Aladdin. And, um, luckily I was, I was fortunate enough to be taken to Toronto for out of town as a PA just to get to opening. So I could deal with the script and, and, um, help the SM team how I can. And, um, the golden platter, which really doesn't happen anymore, but you know, when it does, you, you jump at it and you say, Yahoo, um, I was there. We got to friend like me in Aladdin and it's so large and it's so big that there's people flying out, coming out of the floor and that things happening all over props flying all over people entering and exiting tons of things happening that they needed to have a stage manager in the basement. And they, you know, they could call anybody. Clifford Schwartz knows everybody. Hmm. Um, Jimmy Lee Smith, who was the, the first, he could call anybody. Any of these guys could call anybody. And they looked at me and said, will you do the job? Will you be the, wow. the fifth stage manager? And it just, I mean, talk about golden fucking platter and um, yeah it was great and um, I'm very fortunate and you know give my whole career to them and you know at this point I'm very lucky and fortunate but you know that that to me you know it's grinding and still to this day as I was saying earlier still to this day we are still constantly grinding Mm -hmm. it's not that you're always looking for the work but you kind of always are looking for the work yeah you're working on four different eye. things at the same yeah. time. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, like you said, I mean, we, we talked about all the time, the million different readings, a million different yeah. workshops, a million different things, and then things are getting canceled yeah. and things are going faster than they should. Yeah, you know, and, I mean, and I know that there's a hesitation. Like, you guys both said, uh, you know, networking is the worst. And th- there's a there's a framing of that that, like, you know, a lot of the stuff that you've gotten is because of relationships you've built. So like, you know, people want to work with you because you're a good guy and they know you're a professional and they like being around you. That's why we want to work with people in any business. And like, that is ultimately what networking can be. Sometimes it's awful, but sometimes it can be. It's got a bad name. We need to call it something else because (laughs) the word networking is like, is like, ooh, I'm going to a networking event. And it's like, no, like you just are trying to work hard, be a good person and and work with good people. You know, that's what it is. And like you were saying, Dan, like how many times can you walk up to somebody and have a great conversation with somebody? And, and the next thing you know, you don't even talk about work. The next thing they know, they, or maybe you say like five minutes about work and the rest of it is, you know, nothing. You talk about whatever you want. Right. And a day later, you get a phone call saying, hey, can you come in for an audition? Or, hey, can you come do right. this reading? Or, hey, can you, you know, do this? I mean, that's, that's the hardest part is just talking to people. Absolutely. I mean, that's the same thing for as a stage manager is talking to somebody. And then, you know, if I, I believe it's personality. If my per, if I, the people I want to work with is all about the personality. And mm-hmm. if I don't, if the personality doesn't match, they could still be a really great stage manager. But I don't know how, you know, we are in a Broadway theater, which makes me also laugh because we all we all have all done it, is that everyone wants to do it. But they are sometimes the dirtiest, grimiest, <laughs> tiniest workplaces ever. You know, we <laughs> we sit in an These office. Theaters are gross. We work in a theater, we work in an office. And, that, and the office, when I say office, is a dressing room that <laughs> probably fits 
you know, it could fit yeah. seven people. Three, and there's, three four, yeah, five yeah, people. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's four of us in our current office, but we have all this shit all over the place, all our computers right. and, you know, and it's the, uh, it's the, it's the office where everybody comes. So now you're just like working in con- very, very confined, you know, settings in this, you know, right. in the theaters. And, you know, and if you don't get along with the person as a personality or, or, you know, jive with somebody, not saying that that's how it's always going to be. You're not always going to jive with everybody, but you know, it's, it's a, it's a big, um, it's a big thing to network and to have that as a profession in this, in this crazy career that we have. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. God, I love that. Um, well, <laughs> that, that is, that is like, you know, I, I, I think this has been remarkable. We were just saying, I think this has been really helpful and I really hope that people who want to become stage managers can take something from this conversation because I've already, I've learned so much and the role is such a remarkable thing and, and shows can't exist without it. I think we should move into the golf section Oh boy! for a moment. Um, so if anybody wants to, they, they can turn off if they want to, but I just, I, is this I when I cracked the beer? Is this when I could crack yeah, the you beer? Yeah, you can start. No, we, we drink on this thing all the <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, actually, I, it's, it's 545. It. I don't know why I don't have it's a drink. Five, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so cheers. <laughs> um, but I, I am interested in like how people say stay sane outside of the theater and how the things that, th- you know, the, the passions and the things that people focus on outside of just, you know, going to work in the theater. And, and we share the love of golf, all three of us. And I wonder, you know, what that's like for you as it is meditative for me, even mm-hmm. though it's horrible and I hate it, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, what, when did you find golf and, 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 uh, and what does it mean to you to be able to go do that outside of the city? You know, I found a, a little morbid story, but I did find golf when my dad died. When dad died in 2014 and I picked up golf and I've been golfing ever since. And I found it in a way because I wasn't, I'm not a bit, I'm now, I love doing yoga um, and I love working out, but I wasn't doing that in 2014. So it was my mm-hmm. chance of my yoga, you know, and I still say it's my yoga to this day, but there's yeah. nothing better than being in the woods with a metal object in your hand and hitting <laughs> the tiniest object you could find 250 yards and yeah. hopefully it goes straight. And the goal is to let it go straight or do some trick with it. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> there's nothing right. better. And um, talk about frustration and talk about, you know, the, the four and a half hours of, you know, golfing. And, you know, nowadays I'm, I'm big into walking. I'm sure as you guys are, you know, yeah. we love to walk and, it just, there's something that is grounding and resetting for me that, um, either could be a good day or a bad day, but it's kind of like just the reset of, uh, the next day. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, yeah, it's just something magical about it. And then you get to see the views and you get to, um, get to yeah. chat with some interesting people. You know, you definitely meet some interesting folks while golfing. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, there's just something about it. And then yeah. you get to hang out with buds like you and yeah, you guys. Yeah. And it's just like uh, totally. about that. You know? It's about like patience and like, you know, yeah. some kind of impossible <clears throat> task. Yeah. You and, know, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. yeah and golf that, is and great. even though that when wow. Joe even when even when Joe pulls out that three iron and hits it fucking two hundred and seventy five yards down the <laughs> fairway and you pull out your <laughs> fucking driver and you can only hit it two ten. I mean, you still you hate the game and you swear at Joe. 
But you still walk down the fairway with him and you talk about what the next, you know, the next thing is yeah. because this asshole could do that, you know. But he's still three putts sometimes. So what can you do? I hey, listen, and the the trash talking and the it's just <laughs> I'm so grateful. And and you you just I loved you said that to me you, that golf is your yoga, and I yeah. just I totally agree. It is you know walking in the woods with a task, and and it's um I I love that that phrase. You yeah. know that that uh, I think that there's a lot of people who might be like, well, what does yoga do for you? And I'm like, yoga does for you what, what golf, you know, golf does for us, what yoga does for you. hundred percent. Like, you know, I do, I get that. Um, buddy, we've taken up enough of your time and I, I so, so appreciate it. And, and I miss you and I miss the building. Miss you guys. Um, I I hope you guys can, can get back. We do two little questions at the end of our episodes that we sort of ask every guest and I'll let Dan go first. What would you, um, what what kind of advice would you have for somebody who wanted to get into stage management or somebody who might be um, afraid that their skills on stage are not up to snuff and maybe interested in branching <laughs> out? <laughs> yeah, good, good deal. Um, I would give two a couple things. You know, the big thing is um, is don't burn any bridges. You know, you never know who you're going to work with. You never know who is going to be the next producer or the next stage manager or the next, you know, famous actor or the next director. You don't know who knows who you don't know who Joe knows. You don't know who Dan knows. They could know somebody that need a stage manager. Um, There's always a tiny, tiny connection throughout this business. And the other thing I would say is that don't give up no matter how hard you try, because there is times that are going to suck in this business. You're going to get that um, final interview or that final audition. And you're going to be, in the room and you're going to, you, you know, all that needs to be happen is for you to sign the contract and that stage manager or somebody's going to call you and say, Hey, listen, like we really love you and we think you're great. And we want to ha- hire you. But really the producer wants to hire their third niece to the left and that's <laughs> who they're going to hire. And that's yeah. who we have to go with. And, you know, if you got that far, that means that endless possibilities, you know, there's yeah. endless of ways of getting the next job. And once you, once you could keep on achieving that, then, you know, yeah. And the world Broadway needs goals. good stage managers. Yeah, like, you, know, you know, we they really do. Mm-hmm. I love right. it. And then mine is um, like what it you know you've you you said to me once that about three three years for you you said was about your limit you know mm-hmm. on a show where you start to get antsy for that next artistic endeavor for that next thing to sink your teeth into and and you know you're everything's changed now in the world and everything is different but I, I wonder what what is on your our, you know, artistic horizon, your unreachable star, we call it. Like, what, what would, what do you aim towards? You know, is there anything you'd really love to do? You know, artistically that you're that you're focused on. Yeah, you know, it's that's a really good question because we've been talking about it because it's just a, um, it, you never know. It's kind of a, a this what we're in right now. But you know, it is three years for me on a Broadway show is is at a point of like, what's the next opportunity? And you know, I'm starting to dabble a little bit more in live events and shows and corporate corporate shows and you know the big dream i think someday is to i want to do i want to be a uh, i think i want to be a psm on a broadway show would be a yep. huge huge outcome and i want to i think with all these corporate events i want to be able to create a life where you can live up in new hampshire or you can live in colorado or you can live somewhere outside new york city and have a little life and still dabble within within corporate events or other events around the, the world or the country. 
so that you're not always feeling the hustle and bustle of New York City. Mm, yeah. There's it's two different lifestyles. But yeah, because that's really interesting. There's, there's this, a huge like stage management of events space, right? Like yeah, concerts yeah. and mm-hmm. galas and things like that yeah. that you could go live somewhere yeah. else and do do yeah. that. And just fly, you know, fly all over. And so, you know, those are the two big things that I keep, you know, poking at and trying to get into. And um, and I and I'm I, it's on the horizon. It's I could touch it and I could yeah. see it. I I know I know it's there. But this, we're just, this is just, as people are saying, it's just intermission. This is just a little speed bump of, mm-hmm. yeah. it's not a little speed bump. It's a big speed bump, but, a, yeah, but <laughs> you know, it's for everybody, I, you know, I, I like that. Yeah. If we just all, I mean, it, you know, it, it's, it's there, it's just now achieving it and how we achieve it, you know, all of us in the community, how we move forward doing this the right way and that everyone is safe and happy, you know? So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Well, Brother, Thanks, I, 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 again, thank you for yeah. this. And um, the, the last year, you made the last year of, of my life absolutely miserable. So I, I want to thank you for <laughs> Yeah, no, it was a joy. You're, you, the team over there is fantastic. You're fantastic. And uh, we couldn't do what we do without you. And everybody, if you haven't seen Frozen, you know, you, you missed a remarkable performance. You did. Truly, but... Yeah, Joe was fantastic. <laughs> One of the best you know one of the best <laughs> that's it all the time we have on guys who <laughs> like musicals Matt, guys. You're the best, so good chatting thank with you so you. much thanks Take matt Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.